to the Sketchy Sketch Sketch Show podcast. It's open mic night for sketch. We cold read comedy sketches then discuss how they were written. Here to host the show, I'm Harrison. And I'm Amy. With us in the writer's room, I'm Keely Anastasia. I'm Keith Estrella. And this week's episode, one, two, three, four, this first sketch will have you wanting more. Then, an ice cream shop with a very specific menu. Finally, an open and honest discussion about the number one or number two office drama. Then please join us on the Rift Plane with Sam and Lauren. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to stick around to the end for a fun writing prompt to inspire your own writing. With us on the show today. Jason Schwartzman, he, him. Lauren Palazzolo, she, her. Sam W., she, her. All right, y'all, welcome to the show. Y'all ready to goof? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Let's do it. Keith, are you ready to goof? You sounded pretty hesitant. Uh, I'm a little hesitant. I don't know. (laughs) What's going on? I just woke up. Oh, my coffee hasn't hasn't kicked in yet. Sometimes like... You sleepy, Keith? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Is that why you got your big pillow and your blankie with you today? Yeah, I got my big my big stuffed pillow with my uh, my fuzzy brown uh, fuzzy brown pillow uh, that's very staticky, and my hair always gets stuck to it. And you like that? Is that why you keep the pillow? <laughs> yeah, I love it. So static <laughs> brings you comfort in sleeping. Yeah. Is it fuzzy and brown because you you want to have a teddy bear, but you're embarrassed to? <laughs> I I'm embarrassed by teddy bears because I'm 30. I don't want people to think that I cuddle teddy bears at 30. But you do want to? I want or desperately. When you turned 30, did you just take the head and the limbs off the bear and sew up the ends and now it's just a brown fuzzy pillow? So what if I did? I'm sure there's a kink for this out there somewhere. (laughs) 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 All right. Our first sketch today is titled Count, written by Keely Anastasia. Amelie will be played by Lauren Palazzolo. Arnold will be played by and the Count will be played by Jason Schwartzman. Interior fancy restaurant evening. Amelie is all dolled up at a table when a waiter, Arnold, approaches placing a champagne flute in front of her. Moe and Chandon. Are we celebrating tonight, mademoiselle? Huh? Yeah. My first date since my breakup last November. It's a blind date. My coworker, Isabel, set us up. She said he's a teacher and a musician and he's great with kids. And he honestly sounds like too good to be true. (laughs) I hope it's a memorable evening for you both, mademoiselle. He leaves. Amelie nearly spits out her champagne when the sound of an organ and a lightning strike play <laughs> and the shrill but familiar voice of the Count says, One, two, three, four. The Count hops up into a chair across from her in a stark but bouncy way, as puppet men do. Minutes! I hate to be late, but I do love an excuse to count! Ah, 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 ah. You must be Amelie, and I will... I am the Count. Do you know why they call me the Count? Hmm, because you love to count things? Exactly! I thought this was supposed to be a blind date, but it sounds like you know me. Of course I... Wait, literally, what is going on right now? 
Isabella said you were looking for a change from your usual... Six foot Somerset County expat turned crypto bro who talks about his mom's modern take on the feast of sevens fishes year round. Yeah, there's been more than one. What are you doing? The count is covering his face with his cape with his eyes peeking over the top before emerging dramatically, his arms outstretched like a vampire would. Organ cord and lightning strike sound. Voila! Here I am! A self-made Transylvanian short king with a knack for numbers and, ooh, bread. He's clapping his little felt hands excitedly as Arnold places a basket (laughs) of bread on their table. The count starts rummaging through it. One bread, two bread, three. Oh, it's hard to count the breads when they're all in a pile. He dumps out the bread on the table. Amelie is horrified. Good evening, sir. May I get you something to drink? Maybe our 1994 Latour or our 1998 Lafayette? Do they go higher? I'm sorry, I don't understand. Uh, the what? numbers! You said 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. But do they go even higher? <sighs> oh, you want a new old wine? Well, our latest is a 2016 Hewitt Cabernet. The Count places one hand over his chest, the other outstretched, his eyes glassy if they could be. Organ plays. 2016! Wow! I'll take it! (laughs) Lightning strike sounds. Arnold rushes off. Okay. Seriously, what is your deal? Am, Am I being pranked right now? What? What? No! Isabella said you love vampiric men! Okay, yeah, I was a known Twihard in middle school, and maybe I've watched the whole franchise every weekend since its release on Netflix in July 2021. And maybe that was one of the reasons Steven broke up with me, but I don't actually want to date a vampire. Arnold returns with wine. Organ plays lightning strikes. What is what is this? Uh, it's the 2016 Hewitt Cabernet, sir. This? This is only one wine. I wanted to count 2,016 wines because I love to count things. Uh, I'm sorry, but that's just, yeah, I should have been more clear. (laughs) The count rests his little widow's peaked head on the table and whimpers quietly. (laughs) Arnaud leaves quickly. Oh, Oh my God. He's never coming back to take our order now. Do you know why I love to count? When when I was a little boy, my family was very poor. And our castle... Oh, how poor, how poor could you have been if you lived in a castle? Uh, well, and my parents taught me to count so that I could learn to dance. And when we all danced, we were so happy. And we had our own special dance called the Batty Bat. I released a whole song about it in 1997. One, two, three, spread out the cape. One, two, three, twirl around the floor. Why are you telling me this? Well, ever since then, I've loved numbers and sharing them with children so that they won't be sad. But the problem with kids is that they can only count so high. And I have dreams to count to... Big numbers. Mm, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I want someone 
to count with me. I, I want the number of the day to be two every day. And then maybe one day it becomes three or four even. I want to find my person and start a family too, Count. Stephen broke up with me because after three years together, I wasn't down for polyamory all of a sudden. And Justin wanted something no strings attached. Lightning strikes. What? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Was that, offen- that was offensive, wasn't it? Polly. Polyamorous. Multiple loves. You mean I could count <laughs> one wife, two wives. Three wife, even. I can't even be mad. I've sh- I should have seen this coming. Amelie gathers her things and leaves as Arnold returns to their table. Do you know why they call me the Count? Um, because you love to count things? Yes, and I think I would love to count the things I love, too. <laughs> Arnold looks around awkwardly as the Count begins to sing his 1994 hit. Getting to count. You getting to hope you'll count me. This is a hard first draft. Um, and it, I mean, I brought it on the rift train last episode um, and got some really amazing um, ideas from people. Um, but I, couldn't really remember all of them because the recording hasn't come out yet. But um, so I did what I could. So I'm uh, excited to hear that uh, Rift Train moment again and kind of incorporate things. But yeah, the writing process was kind of just like I wanted it to be. My original idea was it's a blind date and who shows up to this blind date other than the count from Sesame Street. Um, and the main takeaway from the Rift Train was that like the counting should be the thing that like sets this girl off, not necessarily that he's like a puppet or however old he may be. Um, and so I, I did a little YouTube deep dive into the Sesame street archives and, um, really immersed myself in, in count von count lore. Um, that is his full name. And yeah. And just kind of incorporated what I could. I love the premise. I love the, like how much you got the counting in and how much you like, got stuff the count really says into this sketch uh i think you have like two things that i would like just try to like shift to make some like clarity happen but mostly for me it's just like i think amelie wants this date to work and i'd give her like more moments where she's like sort of ignoring the bad stuff and being like i love what you have at the top like where she's like she said he's a teacher and a musician and he's great with kids. And I would love to like use that stuff later for like Amelie to maybe like get past what's going on and be like, so I, Isabel said you're a teacher, you know, like try to just like shift the conversation out of like, uh, I think the more Amelie can like be trying to make this date work, the more we're like, okay, yeah, she wants that. He wants this. And then the only other thing is like the count's justification is like, I don't know if it's like to count big numbers or if it's like a past thing. And then ultimately, I think you got like someone to count with and like someone to count up with. And I think like that was super, super strong. Um, and I'd say like the closer you can get that to the top of, you know, the sketch, probably the like stronger. Um, yeah. Like her just asking, like, what are your intentions? What are you looking for? Yeah. Something. Okay. 
And I think that's also like a super fun way to start because it's endearing <laughs> and it makes us kind of like this guy. <laughs> Maybe you could replace the background information about the count living in a castle. I felt like I wasn't sure if he used that to get to him wanting to count big numbers with somebody. But I felt like if that was your goal with that whole exchange, you could maybe use, um, you could use some of the, uh, it may be Amelie talking about her past relationships to say, Oh, those people didn't want big families or big, you know, counting to big numbers or, or <laughs> if she's going to ask him to uh, talk about his teaching, and that's maybe what could bring it up. So like I'm used to see, I'm, you know, I'm used to counting little numbers with little kids. and I want to count big numbers with big kids or whatever. If that's a way, an easier way to get there. I just wasn't sure it felt a little bit like it kind of switched it for a moment there. Um, I think my favorite part was him wanting to count 2016 wines. <laughs> so don't change a thing about that. <laughs> that was so cute. She's oh, like, stop, you're cute. You're so cute. Goofy like Sesame Street moment yeah and then my only other suggestion this is a dumb note but when um when jason was counting the 94 95 96 97 98 it felt a little bit long so i wonder if you can do 94 96 98 i can count in twos or something and that i don't know but just because it kind of the numbers or or just change the numbers so that's only like three two or three of them i don't know I love that idea. 94, 96, 98, evens! Oh. <laughs> Being like delighted by it. Yeah, I also had to do a lot of research about wine because yeah, I, I don't know sketch. anything about wine. One bread, two bread, three! Oh, it's hard to count the breads when they're all in a pile! Our second sketch today is titled Ice Cream Party. Written by Sam W. Leo will be played by Keely Anastasia. Carrie will be played by Amy D. Caleb will be played by Jason Schwartzman. Al will be played by Harrison Merck. And Matt will be played by TV. Uh, interior ice cream parlor day. Ten kids are sitting at a table for Caleb's 10th birthday party. Caleb's mother, Carrie, 30s, is sitting next to him at the table. Leo, 20s, comes over to talk, to take their order. Hello, you guys. Welcome to Just Fudge It, the only ice cream shop that also makes their own fudge. I, see, I hear someone has a birthday today. Ah, uh, yes. My son, Caleb, does. Caleb, raise your hand so the ice cream servant knows who you are. <laughs> Look, I don't want to get into semantics, but I'm actually a server, not a servant. Leo rolls his eyes. So, Caleb, what can I get you? Um, I want a banana split with bubblegum ice cream and raspberry flavored whipped cream. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, Caleb. We don't have raspberry flavored whipped cream. What? You better get some. I will move heaven and earth to make sure my son has the perfect birthday. Uh, I'll talk to the boss. Leo walks to a dimly lit back room right off of the main shop. There are bricks of cocaine piled <laughs> high up along the walls. The owner of the ice cream shop, Al, 50s, is snorting a line of cocaine off a card table in front of him. <laughs> Yo, boss, this kid out there wants raspberry flavored whipped cream. I told the mom we don't have raspberry whipped cream. She will not take no for an answer. What do you want me to do about it? Al stops snorting cocaine and wipes his nose with his hand. Why do you come to me with this? Can't you see I'm trying to run this organization? Your job is to serve ice cream and not ask any questions or get me involved. Now, now get out there and do your job. 
Got it. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Don't bother me again. I've got guys coming to get this blow out of here. I don't need any distractions. Al puts his hand on a gun and a holster on his waist. Won't let it happen again, boss. Leah leaves and goes back to the birthday party. I'm sorry, ma'am. Your your son is going to have to order something else. Here's the menu. Leo leaves to take the rest of the kids' orders. Carrie whistles to get Leo's attention. Excuse me? Um, what about my son? Are you just going to ignore him? I, I'm sorry. I was taking the other kids' orders. What can I get, Caleb? Mm, I want a banana split with strawberry ice cream and blueberry whipped cream. Caleb, we don't have blueberry whipped cream. <laughs> That's not on the menu. You have to order something from the menu. It's his birthday. He can order whatever he wants. Actually, no. He has to order something from the menu. You better get your manager out here right now. I'm sorry. He can't help you. No! Leah goes back to talk to Al. Al is punching Matt, 30s, who is tied to a chair. Uh, uh, boss, this lady will not let up. Now she wants her son to have blueberry-flavored whipped cream. Leah, I told you never come back here. I know, boss, but she wants to talk to you. I'm busy beating the shit out of this guy because he can't transport my blow. I can't talk to her. You need to handle this. I'm sorry, boss. I'll, I'll take care of it. Leah goes back to talk to Carrie. I'm sorry, ma'am, but Caleb has to order something that's on the menu. I want to talk to your manager. Where is he? Carrie gets up and walks to the room where Al is still punching Matt. Excuse me. Al stops punching Matt and turns around. What the fuck do you want? I want to know why my son can't get raspberry or blueberry flavored whipped cream. It's not on the menu. If it's not on the menu, he can't have it. But you don't understand. My son plays Pee Wee Lacrosse. Oh, yeah? Well, my son is a mortician, a very busy mortician. Look, lady, if you know what's good for you, you'll order from the menu. What? You want some of this? Will this make you happy? Al rips a brick of cocaine open and throws it all over the room. Matt inhales the cocaine floating through the air. Now this is on the menu. <laughs> Yay. Since I work with um, customer, well, patients, um, I'm always like amazed at how far we'll go to make people happy, even though they don't deserve it. So um, that's kind of where the idea came from. You know, I haven't watched a lot of mob movies, so I could probably, I kind of wasn't exactly sure how to term everything, but. This is all sort of like clearly coming to a head, right? We sort of got like birthday party and like Coke dealer, and we're like merging these worlds of like, what if like birthday parties were run by like the mob? Uh, and I'd say like, you've either got like a really strong, like either make the waiter who's doing the, like the ice cream servant in the thing, like more like a mobster, like sort of like threatening the kids in the family, like right there in the room. So we don't have to leave or like make this the moment where like this deal comes to a head. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be like the people who are going to deliver the blow come in and the mom's like, 
good, you're here. The entertainers for my son's birthday. <laughs> like, and then they, they're like mixed up, you know? So I feel like you've got like these two things that are like ready to be mixed up. And we spend some time on like, how's this going to get mixed up? Uh, and I like the way that it ultimately does get mixed up, but I'd say like, let's live in the mix up more. Yeah. I love that Carrie is unflappable in her Karen-ness. Um, it's very close. Karen, Carrie, I see what you did there. If that was intentional or not, I liked it. Um, but yeah, but um, that she's not, I, I would like to show a little more towards the end that she is not phased by this cocaine, by any of this mob stuff, that she is just like, I do not give a shit. I need some orange marmalade, whipped cream, whatever, like, and get kind of crazy with the flavors too. Like maybe if you heighten that uh, one more time, just be like, he wants like um, Georgia peach, Southern barbecue sauce, something like whatever. Like not, not yeah, like, flavors. and definitely not, not flavors. Cause I wonder is, uh, is Caleb just used to messing with servants like this? You know, like um, it seems like he is that kind of kid that is, you know, encouraged to be shitty to, to wait staff. So, um, yeah, it seems like he's just messing with, with everybody too. Cause he's a spoiled brat, but it's, it's so much fun. Um, I wonder if, you know, you have these interactions where they're leaving and going to talk to the manager. And for some reason, whenever that happens in a sketch for me, I always want to see like the owner too, you know, I want to see like one more level up. So I'm not sure how you would incorporate that or if that's something you would want to do, but to say like the manager's not giving me what I want or the manager, you know, goes somewhere, you know, goes to the higher person. But I always want to see like one more level of employee. Maybe it's just a rule of three things for me. I don't know, but those are just the thoughts. <laughs> it was really fun. I think there's always a moment when we have like, if we have like an unusual employee and the manager comes out, I think the audience is always like the voice of reason is finally going to come out, you know, and then when it's like, uh, yeah, it's a fun thing to heighten it there. Off of what Amy was saying, unfazed by the mob is such a funny, <laughs> just so funny. And I would, like Amy said, love to see more of that from Carrie. I think you could also heighten Caleb's requests. Like maybe they're not all flavored whipped cream, which I would also just love to see Leo, um, like say like flavored whipped creams, like aren't like a standard thing that ice cream places have, yeah. you know, but if he could heighten his requests, like maybe by the end, he wants like an open face turkey sandwich with a side of popcorn chicken or something. <laughs> and then he can be like, well, we don't even sell that. Like, I mean, they don't sell any of it, but you know, like, why would we even have that? Um, I think that is just like another opportunity to heighten, I think more specifics from Carrie too, about why this ice cream place should care about her son. Like the Pee Wee lacrosse was so funny <laughs> and also spoke to like her um, character as well of like being a lacrosse mom and you know, all the stereotypes. So um, yeah, I think like more specifics from Carrie and then um, like kind of a heightened, heightened requests of preposterousness from Caleb would add to their characters as well. I also think it'd be kind of funny at the end of Carrie goes back and sees all the coke and she's like, oh shit. Hey Al, what's up? Can I get an eight ball from you? Because this kid's birthday party is driving me fucking nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. Al, finally someone I can talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, raise your hand so the ice cream servant knows who you are. All right, our last sketch today is titled Architects, written by Lauren Palazzolo. Joanna will be played by Keely Anastasia. Dirk will be played by Kiwi. Arnold will be played by Harrison Merck. Jerome and Curtis will be played by Jason Schwartzman. Barbara will be played by Amy D. And Kate will be played by Sam W. 
Interior conference room day. Business type folks are gathered around a conference table. Two architects, Joanna and Dirk, stand at the front of the room next to a large screen presenting a slideshow. Here you'll see we've redesigned the conference room with a built-in video wall. The business folks are quite impressed. Uh, now moving on to probably my favorite part of our entire architectural design of your new office space, the bathrooms. Dirt clicks the next to the next slide, which shows a beautiful minimalist bathroom with track lighting, etc. A long silence. Yeah, great. Um, hey, can we go back to the conference room? Uh, I just have a quick question about the camera. Joanna clicks back to the conference room. So uh, can the cameras pivot so that... Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't think you caught all the detail of the bathrooms. Um, <clears throat> Dirk clicks back to the bathrooms. <laughs> Look, the, the stall walls go all the way down to the floor. You have total anonymity when using the bathrooms. The business folks look at each other confused. So if you're on the toilet... Someone on the toilet in the next stall can't glance under the stall and see your shoes and identify you. Silence from everyone. Um, is that something people are generally concerned with? Yes. <laughs> That's the number one reason office workers don't poop in office bathrooms, because people can look under the stalls, see their shoes, then walk around the office trying to find the culprit's shoes so they can mentally shame them for pooping at the office and feel superior. Do people actually do that? I do it all the time. What if it's an old person? They can't always hold it. Well, I mean, unless it's an old, unless it's an old person, you can usually tell because they're wearing orthopedic shoes. Uh, they also usually have a lot of gas, which they're not ashamed about because they're old. <laughs> so you can't really mentally shame them and feel superior. We can get back to the conference. I've also designed sensors in each stall. So if you're pooping in the office bathroom, the sensor will give you the all clear that nobody is around so that you can walk out of the bathroom and not get caught. Then if someone walks in while you're washing your hands, you can just say, oh, yeah, someone took a giant dump and really blew it up in here. The business folks chatter among themselves. Uh, I, I don't think that's an issue. It's the biggest issue. In all offices across America, across the world. I had no idea. I've always enjoyed an executive bathroom in my offices. A 2015 study showed that the number one cause of fecal impaction and gastrointestinal perforation was the fear and shame of pooping in an office bathroom where people can see your shoes and identify you. More silence. Curtis finally breaks. Uh. I've been going to the 27th floor to poop ever since I started working here 13 years ago. I usually pretend like I'm going to the 24-hour fitness across the street to work out, but I'm just going to poop. Some of the business people are stunned. It's the only reason I even have a membership. I think that's the only thing still keeping the lights on at 24-hour fitness. I keep a separate pair of shoes behind one of the bathroom tiles so I can change out of my shoes if I have to poop. Wow, the room is shocked. Everyone is feeling compassion for each other and their shared office poop trauma. That's why my bathroom design is so revolutionary. Not only do the walls of the stalls go all the way down to the floor, but the walls of the stalls also go all the way up to the ceiling, <laughs> effectively sealing the office pooper in a secluded echo chamber. But what about the other evidence of office poop. It's okay, Jerome. You can just say poop smell. You're in a safe space now. 
What about the poop spell? <laughs> Jerome, Jerome breaks down crying. I, 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 I've never felt comfortable enough to talk about this. I always felt so alone in my office poop shame. Dirk put, puts his pointer finger on Jerome's lips, making the shh motion. Everything is going to be okay now. By the way, I washed my hands. You've hired the right architect to solve all of your office poop shame problems. A collective sigh of relief from the business folks. <sighs> Who's ready to hear about the uh, industrial strength ventilation systems in each of the songs? Rapturous applause. Dirk clicks the slideshow forward. Years ago, I was at a meeting um, in Denver, Colorado, and it was a, we were at dinner. And this guy that was that we were meeting with just kept talking and he would not stop talking about himself. And I was like, dude, I got to get out of here. I'm just, I don't even have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go to the bathroom just to get away from this fucking guy. So I went to the bathroom and it was a Capitol Grill and they had like each of the bathroom stalls was its own little room with a door. And I was like, this is amazing. No one can see that you're in here and like it's total privacy. So then that's always been my thing. Like I will go to a different floor in my office if I have to poop. I will like, I'm not ashamed to poop in public, but I'll go to a different floor. And sometimes if I go to that different floor and I go into the stall and the toilet seat is still up, I'm like, yes. Oh my God. No one's used this. Amazing. Perfect. It's like really, really dumb, but that's yeah. I, I get it. Honestly, uh, <laughs> this makes sense to me. And every time I see a place where there's like a real room door or like a closet type door that you go into and there's the stall, I'm like, this is a nice bathroom. Legit. <laughs> very, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think this is very solid. I think you like the game really hits its stride. Like once Curtis breaks, <laughs> uh, like by once, like once other executives start like joining in on this, I think it like really hits it's a stride. I'd also like, I I would like, I love how Al is like, I didn't know, like kind of gets like shamed into having to accept this. And I'd love to see like, you do this great thing where they're like, there's this power dynamic at play where everybody's like, yeah, people will use it as like power against you if they know. And I'd love to see <laughs> maybe like one quick beat where like Al sort of like, is like, of course you'd say that. You take big stinky turds. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> and like everyone goes around and is like, just like points the finger and then Al can be like, I see. <laughs> like, <laughs> also, Curtis's name, could be, he could be shamed by getting called Turtis. That's just a joke. Oh, bitch. that's so funny. <laughs> Lauren, I love that you always write things that are like, oh my God, yes. I feel like you're just so observant of life. And you just have a way of like saying, this is life. And I'm going to I what, like, this is so true to everybody. I'll be honest. Shoe ID is a real thing. Like, I definitely will look at those shoes and be like, I know you're I know who you are. I know what mm -hmm. you're I can smell what you're doing in here. <laughs> there was actually I listened to a podcast about <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a psychopath, but <laughs> it was about a girl who had poop shame. And she couldn't even poop in her own like bathroom yeah. at home. What? And she didn't poop for a whole month 
that she went on a date and she was throwing up because there was nowhere for the food to go because she was so backed up. So then her date had to take her to the hospital. <laughs> oh Can my gosh. Im- oh. Why are you going on a date? <laughs> <Right. That's- laughs> she went on a date? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I'm ready to put myself out there. <laughs> <laughs> and eat more food. Poop trauma. Um, that was stage notes. Um, I wouldn't mind hearing that said, but even if you didn't, you still have like office pooper, uh, poop shame. <laughs> Someone took a giant tub and blew it up in here. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, action lines, I loved when wow was in the action lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't think you caught all the detail of the bathrooms. Um, <clears throat> Hey, what's that sound? Whoa! Hello! Hey! It's your Riff Captain! That was that sound. Hey! Hey, Riff Captain. Hello! How are you doing? Hey, make sure you leave your tray tables in the upright position when you're not eating a meal. Well, now that we know the rules, uh, we can we board? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. Go right ahead. Make sure, just make sure you leave those trade tables up. Anyways, who's going, who's coming on? Who's got the who's got the riffs? Hi, here's my ticket. And uh, uh, I'm dressed as yourself. Hello. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Scanner. Yeah. It's just my smartphone. It, <laughs> I like to call it. I like to have we have fun. I, anyway. All right. Let's scan it up. What do you got? Passenger Sam. Uh, so I have a um, one of the sketches that I was thinking about writing was about like instead of like human growth hormone, because you see those commercials with like the baseball player, like Frank White. And then all these women are like, "Ooh, he's so <laughs> big and, you know, he works out. So, yeah, but instead I was thinking about doing it for dogs, like so dog growth hormone, because my dog used to look kind of muscular and get a lot of compliments. But now nobody really ever compliments him anymore because he kind of filled out a little bit because he's like an adult dog now. So, um, yeah, so. I kind of like the idea of somebody fishing for compliments for their old dog. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm done with the dog part. You guys like haven't said anything about Sparky for like six months now. Like he's still beautiful, right? You know, I don't know. Yeah, hey, anybody notice anything different about Sparky? <laughs> I love the idea of like coming in on like a dog park and just a uh, person sitting with their dog being like, I'm okay with the way my dog looks now. Uh, <laughs> I would also love to see someone confronting someone at the park about how they went up and asked to pet like a cute puppy, but then they walked by their dog and didn't ask, didn't stop and ask to pet it and asking asking them why. Is it because he's so ripped? (laughs) I also think it would be funny to have before and after pictures like a a little Pomeranian. Like in their wallet, yeah. ready to pull yeah. out. Yeah, yeah in their it's wallet. like that that comical like full like multiple pictures. They like want to see my grandchildren yeah. wallet. Yeah. yeah, here's one for every two weeks during bulking season this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, these aren't glamour shots. This is actual. These are actual real this photographs is not of my dog. Shots. Yeah, these are real <laughs> muscles. 
Be jealous. <laughs> the jean jacket might throw you off and make you think it's a glamour shot, but it's not. <laughs> He's not goosed either. I'm not goosing up my dog. <laughs> This sweater is because he's cold. <laughs> there is a guy. There is a guy that I would run into, and I'd walk my dogs around downtown. Um, and he had. I have miniature schnauzers, and he had a miniature schnauzer too. And so he'd be like, "Oh, schnauzers!" And he was like, "Look, look at my schnauzer. Look at this." And he picked him up, and he's like, "Look at him. He has a six pack." And I was like, "I don't." I don't think it's a six pack, oh, no. but, but I didn't want to say. <laughs> I just knew him because from seeing him yeah. around, we both had schnauzers. Okay. I, I love the bur- idea of that interaction, and then like you start walking away, and then he's like, "Stop! It's important <laughs> to me that you acknowledge that my dog is a six pack." <laughs> we worked hard on yeah. this. Many a balls were thrown. <laughs> my dog used to look kind of muscular and get a lot of compliments but now nobody really ever compliments him anymore hop on hop aboard don't forget those tray tables i'll be watching just, you can do whatever you want hey, who's next oh me i've got a ticket yeah. look at uh, right here yeah. i printed yeah. it out on paper so <laughs> oh whoa yeah paper ticket i haven't seen one of those in years don't but it's bamboo paper so don't worry it's not like bad for the environment oh geez oh it's compostable oh. also i was worried for a second i would have had to throw you out of the airport if, uh, oh we are Air- a- <laughs> we are a 100% post-consumer recyclable airport here, uh, but not you. You are a-okay with that bamboo paper. Let's go ahead and scan that puppy up. What if Jesus was just a really good mu- uh, magician and his <laughs> fan base just got away from him? Love the idea of like <laughs> having to come up with like... <laughs> like like being such a good sleight of hand magician that like people are like, how do you do it? And then people are like, you got to see this guy. You got to see him. He's the, he's the great music. He's the king. He's the king. Yeah. Yeah. Of musicians. <laughs> he's he's more than a man. He's a god. It's <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jesus comes back for his second coming and nobody like is. Impressed by what he does, so he has to like he has to like make a living. So he just like makes himself a magician because that's the only thing he can. (laughs) The only like line of work he like knows how to do. (laughs) So now it's just like Jesus like working as like a dingy magician. Oh, I would I would like trying to work in parables between the tricks and the audience just be like, no, back to the magic. (laughs) (laughs) No talking, only magic. (laughs) Make the water wine again. People in the audience being like, I know how he did that. (laughs) (laughs) Oldest trick in the book. You could do the thing where they they cut the people in half and then he actually is cut in half and then they're like, wait three days. And and then he comes back. Maybe I wanted it to be like Jesus was actually Jesus and he's doing all these miracles, but people think he's a magician and people go wild because he's a magician and he's, Mm. and then that like gets him in trouble. (laughs) Oh, I would love to see like, 
he does the miracles. The whole audience is like, how the... F-? And like the cops have to come and be like, you can't do <laughs> like Jesus having like to deal with the authorities. <laughs> Sir, do you have a permit to be a street performer? Because yeah, not. yeah. <laughs> Curing somebody of like a ailment and the... Yeah, and then asking for a permit would be so funny. Or like, do you, you like are you practicing medical, medical medicine yeah. without a license? That's illegal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't just be selling wine that you made out here in the street. Yeah. Do, do you have a liquor license? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What's with all these licenses? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the health department comes to investigate. His Are you not wearing shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good riff. The Simon Port, one way. Whoosh. We're here. Sketches, here we are at Assignment Port. The assignment this week is heroes. Maybe it's about meeting a hero of yours. Maybe it's about literal capes heroes. Maybe it's about... Uh, you know, the everyday teachers and and firefighters that are the, the heroes in our communities. You know what heroes are. That's the assignment this week. Captain, can you get us to Plugport? Plugport. One way. All right, here we are. <laughs> Sam, you got anything you want to plug? I should be publishing a story on Medium on hopefully Friday. I have to rewrite it um, under Miss So-and-So. A little like short story, like fiction? Yeah, it's a... About, it's true. It's about like boldness and loss. So kind of like combined. So yeah. So and so on medium. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Jason, anything you want to plug? I have a brand new um, house team that is fun. And there's a whole lot of really funny people on it. Right now we're called Team Z and we do every second and fourth Friday at the Harrisburg Improv Theater. Yeah. Check out the hit. HBGimprov.com. Uh, Lauren, anything you want to plug? My sketch group. It's our sketch group. We <laughs> posted our very first sketch on our on our YouTube channel. It's called Just Jorts is our Instagram handle. Jorts is spelled with a Z. Just dot Jorts with a Z. Just dot Jorts. Our website's justjorts.com. I'm going to plug the Alamo Drafthouse movie theater in Los Angeles where all the bathrooms are separate rooms. <laughs> they are. Nice. You're right. That Check out so the Alamo nice. Draft House. Big doors for your own separate little place to go. All right, everybody. That is all for us. Thank you to all the participants and to Jeff Powers for that wonderful music you've heard. Also, a big thanks to you, the listeners. If you'd like to support the show or just check out more that we have to offer, head on over to SketchySketchSketch.com. One of the big things you can do on SketchySketchSketch.com is actually click a link to another website called Patreon.com where you can support our show. And there's all types of good goodies like T-shirts and videos and stuff on there you can check out. And if you write sketch comedy and you want to get on the show, email us at SketchySketchPod at gmail.com. Fill the form on our website. You can always reach out to us too if one of the sketches you heard really impacted you. You broke your heart, made your heart feel grow three sizes that day. Or if you just want to give some love to the writer, hit us up on that website. You can do that there. And as always, if your heart did grow three sizes or anything like that, and you just uh, want to tell people like your friends about what you heard or check us out on socials or check out our classes, or subscribe or give us five stars. We'd love that. Thanks. 
And that's all for us today. Thanks for coming and growing your heart. If it is some sort of medical condition, please seek the correct attention. Like, we're do not, not medical doctors. We're not medical here, doctors. We're just somewhat comedy doctors, but even that's a little suspect. Suspect. We can't yeah. even actually make anybody's heart any bigger. That was really just on you. Yeah, I can't even write a prescription for funnies. Yeah. No. Um, so. so, but good luck with a big yes, heart. We I love hope, you. You know, so much. I hope your metabolism is always fast. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> good luck. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you very much.